Welcome to the Oconee School of Therapeutic Massage podcast. I'm Adrienne Permar, the director of the Oconee School of Therapeutic Massage. We're operating here near Athens, Georgia. I'm here with Mitzi Everett, my co-host and lead instructor. We'll be discussing some interesting topics in the massage therapy practice and sharing stories from our 30 plus years of combined experience in massage therapy. Welcome. We're happy to talk to you. Hi, I'm Adrienne Permar. I'm a massage therapist licensed in Georgia. I'm a former uh, registrant in BC, so that's uh, BCRMT. I've been practicing massage for 13 years, and I'm currently the director of the Oconee School of Therapeutic Massage. We're starting our podcast here just to provide information for our students and anyone interested in massage therapy and to spend some time discussing and having some fun discussing really interesting topics in our field. And I'm here with Mitzi Everett, and I'll let her give a little intro about herself. Hi. Uh, yes, I'm happy to be here doing this podcast with you, Adrian. Um, I've been doing massage for 16 years now. I started when I was 30, and um, I originally went to school for elementary education, but did not finish that, and uh, decided just to kind of go into massage as something something a little different, but something I really had a passion for and happen to be really good at. So uh, now I'm hoping to combine those two loves of teaching and massage to um, teach here at the school. And I'm looking forward to discussing, like you said, some really fun and interesting topics that other massage therapists uh, might find interesting. Awesome. Thank you, Mitzi. Okay, so our first topic today is what makes a massage therapeutic? Yeah, I think this is something that a lot of people struggle with because massage I think has in the past been known as just a luxury service and a lot of people still don't take it seriously as something that is therapeutic. Yeah I wanted to differentiate between therapeutic massage versus just sort of deep tissue massage. I get people on the table at the spa that I work at where they say you know oh I had a deep tissue massage and I hated it it was just too much you know I was in pain for days or whatever it is and the idea is well can they have a therapeutic treatment without it necessarily meaning just painful or deep like what is the difference between therapeutic versus just deep right and I find that too because I have a lot of people who say I need a deep massage and you can't hurt me go deeper go deeper no pain no gain and I I really don't like that attitude because I don't think they understand that if they're in pain, they are tightening their muscles, they are probably holding their breath. Pain is not good. Yeah. (laughs) I think if we can make our clients understand that, um, it'll also help therapists because then they don't feel like they have to kill themselves giving a massage just to put somebody in pain so they feel like they got a good massage. Yeah, there's this great quote I just ran across from Ida Rolf where she said, it's not about how deep you go, but how you go deep. So yeah, how you're actually getting into those tissues is so much more important than, well, basically, if you're going so deep and so hard that it's really painful and they're guarding, uh, you're really not doing anything other than bruising them. Right. That was one of the things, um, just kind of doing a little bit of research about, you know, thinking about what happens to the muscles when you put pressure on them. Um, Sometimes when you're in pain, you tighten everything up, as I said before, and it really solidifies the muscle. You know, it starts contracting because it's trying to guard against that pain, and you're really 
not making any progress. <clears throat> You're counteractive or counterintuitive. Or I'm, I'm, I'm not doing the right <laughs> word. We're going yeah, you're so contradicting your your treatment. Um, yeah, yeah, and sometimes I mean, obviously, there are times when it can be therapeutic to have something be uncomfortable or painful. Well, and uncomfortable is different than pain. I right. mean, yeah, you're going to be uncomfortable sometimes. Just like when you're exercising, you can become uncomfortable. But if you're exercising and you have sharp pain, are you going to continue to do that? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So um, I think that's where we have to distinguish between what's good for you and what's um, not. And I think, you know, just by definition, you know, therapy is anything that facilitates healing in the body. Yeah. So that's definitely what we want to do as massage therapists is facilitate the healing. Yeah. I had this great quote that um, I put on the Instagram for the school the other day. Uh, It's from the Job's Body book, which we're using a lot in our teaching. Um, And it just says, soothing touch, whether it be applied to a ruffled cat or a crying infant, a frightened child or, or a frightened child has universally been recognized as the power to ameliorate signs of distress. How can it be that we overlook the usefulness on the jangled adult as well? What is it that leads us to assume that the stressed child merely needs comforting while the stressed adult needs medicine? And so I just wanted to put that in there as a kind of idea that it's not, I mean, I, I think therapeutic treatment does include deep tissue and sometimes uncomfortable work, but it also, it's really about meeting the need of that person on that day, right. I think. I think so too. And I know just remembering um, my days of learning myofascial, it was about time, not pressure. Hmm. You know, sometimes you can hold a spot or, or do work, um, work a little longer, like lighter pressure, using lighter pressure than just going in quick and fast and, and hard mm-hmm. to where someone instinctively tightens and, and tries to kick you out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there's something that you brought up there that's valuable to the idea that the person receiving the massage has to also feel or, or think that it's going to be effective which sometimes does involve, you know, you've got to poke that spot that hurts because that's what they came in for and they need to know that that's being addressed. Otherwise, they feel like they're being ignored. Right. So there's sort of a balance there between also like the expectations, meeting the expectations of the client and making sure they feel it's effective because that's going to affect whether or not it is effective. Right. And I think that also is part of the education of educating your client. You know, you don't want to just put somebody on the table and work on them without explaining what you're doing or why you're doing it. Especially like you said, if they come in and saying, Hey, I have this spot on my back and I really want you to get in there and try to release it or try to, you know, I want you to make it feel better. Um, I think you have to let them know, okay, we're going to work on it. And when you stop, so, you know, we're going to give this area a break. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not going to, I don't want to kill you today. We're Mm going to let this rest and calm down and we'll come back to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're getting into this idea too, with setting expectations that it's not just what you're doing hands on. I mean, that's a component of it for sure. Right. But also the expectancy and you know, the environment and all that stuff we're going to talk about in future podcasts a little bit more about what (laughs) makes a bad massage. But just the idea that it's the whole environment is affecting the effectiveness of the treatment. Right. So I was looking at studies that have been done. There's so many different studies out there. So much research has been done and there still is a lot more that needs to be done about um, how massage does help to help facilitate that healing. And I think uh, the way... 
I think the reason massage is so difficult to say for sure that yes, it does help is because even though there are certain strokes that everybody learns, everybody has a different way of performing those strokes and everybody they perform those same strokes on respond differently. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I had, I tell people when they say that was a really good massage, I said, well, you know, it takes somebody willing to receive a massage to enjoy that good massage. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also something that ties into it is somebody has to be receptive and able to allow the work to be done. Mm-hmm. And that means, you know, feeling safe and feeling comfortable enough to allow that. Yeah. So again, that's going to come in later when we talk about, you know, what makes for a, a good or bad massage, but um, it's all part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I had a client the other day who had a hard time communicating with me. We just didn't have, she had never had a massage before and I didn't take the time maybe in the spa environment to, you know, there's a, there's a balance between how much time you can talk to them in the spa environment before right. they start to go, <laughs> uh, okay, let's get on the table. Yeah. Um, which, you know, maybe is, is part of the reason why spa environment isn't always the most therapeutic, but it can be, you know, depending. But um, she was using the word tickly, saying that what I was doing was tickling her, but she wasn't jumping around or, you know, doing things that I expect with tickliness. Right. And so, you know, and then I started using more pressure because that usually will make things less tickly. But then at some point it's like, no, that feels more tickly. So maybe it's painful. Right. And so then it's like, okay, if that's pain, then we need to change what we're doing. <laughs> so we had to kind of work on what words are we using that communicate what about the treatment and sometimes I mean you know you I would love to think that every single massage I'm able to reach that person and help them but sometimes it's like it might take a little bit of time for us to get our communication right and and maybe I wasn't the right therapist for her I wasn't communicating well with her but the idea that if we don't give them maybe I could have given her more language or something to do, you know, it's something that I've been kind of thinking about, like, how could I have changed that to make it more effective? But hopefully she got some benefit out of it and right. taking the time for herself. And I think that's an excellent point as far as um, that you've made about how you, it may take several visits. And that's something else to think about. You know, we think about other therapies, whether it's chemotherapy or medicinal therapy. Those are not one-time things. You know, you have to do them on a regular basis. You have to take the pill every day or whatever, whatever the treatment is. So I think massage therapy, when done as a regiment, um, whether it's, you know, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever it is, whatever you can afford to do time-wise and, and financially, the more you do it, the better it's going to be and the more benefits you're going to see. It's not a one and done. Mm-hmm. And because whether it's due to a lack of communication or just finding that therapist that's going to make you feel comfortable enough to express those things. Because, yeah, in one session, you're not going to get that necessarily. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's my attitude on this has shifted quite a bit because when I was younger, I was a bit more um, maybe arrogant or I was in a different environment too right. in, in BC where the registration was a little more strict. And I had this idea that if this client doesn't like me, that's fine. They can go find someone else. And I mean, that is true. They're always going to do that. And so I was kind of just not really tailoring my massage to them very much because I wanted to build clientele who liked the kind of massage that I like doing. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but that really needs to come through communication ahead of time. So I'm telling them ahead of time what to expect with me and building that clientele that I want rather than, you know, 
the attitude I have now, especially in this spot, is like, what what right do I have to give them a bad experience? You know, if they, hopefully they'll like me. And I will say like, since I started at this spa, I've had most clients be very, very happy because I'm very accommodating and I'm adapting to them quite a bit. And most of the time my communication is pretty good. Um, and that wasn't always the case where, you know, I kind of just thought, well, if they don't like me, they can go see someone else. But now I've really taken into account the fact that they are vulnerable on the table and, and trying to make sure that I'm not giving them a bad experience that they're going to, you know, go away and feel worse afterwards. Right. Right. And I think intention is a lot to do with everything. I've had, um, some of my best massages of not someone who used a lot of fancy techniques or stones or hot towels or anything like that, but she really, I could tell she really cared. She wanted me to have a good experience. So I think intention is everything. Um, and that's part of it. When you go into a massage, wanting to help someone, wanting to make them feel better, whether it's pain management or stress management, um, whatever it is that you're trying to help them deal with, I think that intention is felt by the client and that's a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think having the positive attitude about the client is, is a big part of the therapeutic relationship. Right. We talked about the idea of, you know, manual, what the, we're doing with our hands and we've talked about the environment a little bit, but that, um, a big part of the training that we're doing at the school is going to be talking about the therapeutic relationship. We're reading that, um, the old text of the educated heart, which I just, I think it's a really nice text. It's very conversational and personable. And it talks about creating that container, you know, the therapeutic container in which everything that happens in it should be for the client's benefit. So we're not going outside of our boundaries. You know, that's our container for the therapeutic relationship, but everything within that should be for their benefit. Right. I love that. I I think that's so important. And I think if they can learn it from the beginning, it's going to save them years. You know, we've had years because I know when I was taught, it was just, you know, here's the anatomy. Here's what you don't do. Here's what you should do. And there was some of that. You know, we learned a little bit of of what you're talking about. But um, it was just learn all these modalities. Now off into the world you go. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I think um, putting it in that context, I think, is going to really help the future students in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something that, you know, I did, I did a training, uh, first that was a spa therapy program. It was not a registered program and it was really positive. It was all about this kind of holistic approach and, you know, how you are communicating with them on their nervous system level. So, you know, your nervous system needs to be balanced to communicate with them and all this stuff. And then when I went into my registration program, which was 3000 hours, it was like, they really did pay lip service to it. You know, they, they, they assigned the educated heart, but I don't even think we discussed it once in class. It was supposed to be something you were to have read, I guess, on your breaks or something. I don't know, but they never tested <laughs> Just a it. Suggestion. Yeah, it was a suggested reading. Like, you know, so we had this book, but it wasn't something that we actually practiced in right. class, you know, especially in class in a therapeutic treatment program. A lot of times you're never like, I was so disappointed during that that long program because you never got a treatment it would be like okay go find a trigger point and then come back down and we'll watch powerpoints again and it's like so you went and you got poked and you got your trigger point activated and then you go back to your desk right so you never really got that idea of like integrating the therapeutic or the 
what would you call it, the manual effective technique into mm-hmm. the rest of the treatment and the holistic person. Right. I think that's what, you know, that's kind of the way ours was as well. We did do some, but um, it was, okay, we're going to learn polarity and we're going to talk about um, Ayurvedic principles and uh, we're going to talk about Chinese medicine and how the tongue, you know, can tell you a lot about the body. But where does that fall into? I don't look at my clients' tongues now (laughs) to see where I should work. (laughs) So it was interesting at the time. And I thought, wow, this is great. But in hindsight, I'm just kind of like, wouldn't our time have been better spent really thinking about how we're going to use these principles to help future clients? Yeah, what's realistic? Because as nice as it is, I think you told me this story once about when you were in the student clinic and you were told to use your breath and you were going... Yes, oh, and my... And my client was asking me if I was okay because he thought I was hyperventilating. Yeah, yeah, and I was taught that too. And I, you know, I don't, I do use breath and I do, there are aspects where it kind of all help them or cue right. them with the breath, but not the entire treatment. And, you know, some people that's their style and that's, that's fine. But yeah. there's a, there's a realistic aspect to the training too, where it's like, okay, what's, What's something you're actually going to apply right. in your in your world, and and that's why we really want to emphasize when we're doing our training. You know, we're we're really we're assessing the things that we think are important, right? And we have a really high pass. You know, we have the eighty um, percent pass rate because we want everything that we're testing. We expect them to know, right? So how <laughs> when we think about you know how is what we're teaching them going to be applied in their future practice? Is it going to create um, a therapeutic service? So I think if we keep asking ourselves that throughout the um, training, when I think the I think the curriculum you created does that, I think it does address that. Um, everything seems to be, you know, how is this applicable to a therapeutic massage? How is this going to enhance and make this massage therapeutic? Um, I think that's been addressed. So I'm looking forward to to doing that. Yeah, hopefully we produce some really good therapists. <laughs> I think so. I think it's gonna, you know, I'm looking for a therapist to work on me. So <laughs> yeah, really, exactly. Because I'll go out and get yeah. get treatment. And, you know, and it's really important to get treatment. We're going to talk about more of right. that in the next um, episode. But the idea that, you know, I would really love a therapist that I had trained. Yes. <laughs> My students in Washington were, were really well trained by the end and I could really, I mean, it's, it's the kind of massage that I like, mm-hmm. but hopefully they can be adaptive too. Right. And I think that's another part of the therapeutic aspect is being able to take what you've learned and apply it to just about any person that walks into your room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know there's some people out there who say, you know, you shouldn't look to please everybody. And I'm not saying you have to, there's going to be some people that want certain types of treatments that you don't like doing but as far as just a good therapeutic massage that's going to help them feel better at the end of that service um, you should be able to at least try to address it and um, I think flexibility and adaptability is really important Um, you know just like every drug is not for every person you know Mm -hmm. there's several different antacids out there Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know you have to find the one that's right for you so it's the same with massage and I think if people think about massage in that aspect, I think they'll realize that, you know, it's okay if you have a massage from someone and maybe give it two or three times. And if you're still not feeling like your needs are getting met, it's okay to find someone else. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to, well, I mean, if this were a podcast just for clients, I mean, it's hard to get clients who aren't really experienced with massage to listen to a massage podcast, but I really wish I could because 
you know, when people do say to me, oh, I had a deep tissue massage and I hated it. It's like, ooh, what, what did they do to you? Right. You know, that's, that's, um, you know, that really brings it up to me. Like, what was that therapist doing? And were they not paying attention to that degree that you were really right. miserable by the end? But I wanted to add also that something you were saying brought it up, the idea that you can build the clientele that you want and do the kind of massage that you want. But again, it comes back to that. What is my right to give them a bad experience today? Exactly. So I've had clients where they've come in, you know, I used to run a lymphatic massage clinic, which is very light. It was a water, water style massage, uh, lymphatic massage clinic. And I have clients, I don't know how she found the way. And she said, Oh, I came in because you advertised deep tissue. And I'm thinking, no. Uh, no, that is not what we do here. I have no idea. But some people do think of lymphatic. It's not really lymphatic, but they think of lymphatic as deep. Some people get terrible bruising from what is termed lymphatic massage, but it's really not lymphatic massage. Mm-hmm. In any case, that person came in for, for deep tissue massage, and I did a deep tissue massage on her, and then at the end I said, you know, this is really not what I do. I'm not building a deep tissue practice, and I think you should go see someone else. And I gave her another person's card because I didn't really want her to come back. Right. <laughs> but I also wanted to not leave her miserable, you know. <laughs> right. And that's and again, that's where, you know, you have to be flexible sometimes, and, and I think that's a great way to handle it. You know, give them what they're wanting that time, but if that's not something you normally do, especially if you're in an environment that is specifically for one type of treatment, then um then right you just refer you them can out refer them out and you should have you know hopefully we'll have tons of little massage right. <laughs> massage therapists out there that we've trained that we can refer to that we think are awesome that right and that's know. where you know as massage therapists trading out with other therapists experiencing massage from other people so that you have that network and hopefully the students will build that rapport with their fellow students um so that they can have people they can refer out. You know, maybe they only like to do um, neck massage. Maybe they want to focus on, right. you know, the neck and the shoulders, and they don't really like working on sciatic issues or mm-hmm. something, and one of their friends does. So mm-hmm. they have someone to refer it out to so that they can keep doing what they're doing and their clients are getting what they need. Yeah, and they really should be communicating with the client ahead of time about that. Right. I mean, it's... It's not really fair to work in a spa, but to say, oh, but I don't do this or I don't do right. that. Sometimes we think that a spa is non-therapeutic, but I think I heard it on the Thinking Practitioner podcast. They were talking about that um, maybe 80% of people go to a spa with pain. Mm-hmm. So even though they are going to a spa, they may not know that there's different kinds of massage therapists or that there's different kinds of treatment or whatever. They just think, oh, my back hurts, I'll go get a massage. And so they're going to a spa, they're not thinking, oh, this isn't gonna be therapeutic or this isn't for my pain. They're gonna go with that intention. So even if you're working at a spa, you need to be prepared to treat someone therapeutically, I think. I think so too. And I think, I know when um, I've worked at some resorts and you know we refer to it as the fluff and buff. <laughs> and <laughs> you know now I kind of feel like I was a little snobby saying that because I think even a fluff and buff massage can be therapeutic. If that's what the client's needing is something soothing, something relaxing and light to medium pressure, you know, that can be just as therapeutic as something that's a little deeper or maybe, you know, that's not as um, tranquil, I guess. I don't right, know. <laughs> right. And you never know. I mean, people come in and they'll say, you know, well, they may not know their options. So when, right. I, when I offer them, I wanted to put a little plug in. This is sort of 
it's related. But um, as an aside, that I hate the idea that people are booking deep tissue massages and Swedish massages with me. Yes. And I... I honestly just ignore it completely. I know there's a difference in pay. It's like $10 more for a deep tissue or whatever. See, that's why it, the spa that I owned um, for several years, it was just by time. Yeah. And I that way when time. the client comes in, they're paying for the time. What do they need during that time? Because I know for me, and not to interrupt your yeah, no, um, uh, statement, but for me, some days I want deep tissue. Mm-hmm. You know, I want a little bit, you know, maybe I've got a knot and I can feel that tension in my shoulders and I need somebody to get in there and really wring it out. Other days, I just need to relax. You know, I just need something a little more calm. I want full body, just, you know, give me the fluff and buff. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, Because yeah. I, I really need to calm down mm-hmm. and um, I don't want to be stretched. I don't want to be um, hurt, you know, or mm. not even hurt, but just, you know, I just want to relax. Yeah. Um, and then other days I go in and I find that I'm talking because mm-hmm. maybe that's what I needed to do that day. Yeah, so yeah. I think, um, being flexible with, with yourself as well as with right. the therapist. And yeah, I, I, I really don't like the idea of booking a deep tissue or a Swedish because if they're a good therapist, they, they should be able to adapt. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that, that frustrates me. I, I have colleagues who will, you know, at, at the spa I work at, there's a back next shoulders, which I guess they assume would be deep tissue. So it's at the same charge as the deep tissue. And so if somebody comes in with a signature, like a full body Swedish or whatever, and, and they say, oh, I'm here for my neck and back, because they didn't know what they were booking. Right. Right. Not always educated or or aware of those options or whatever mm-hmm. i don't think that they're trying to cheat me i really no. never think that no but i'll say they just want a massage and they don't know and so i'll say well do you want to do full body or do you want to just focus on the upper body and then sometimes they will just say oh no yeah just do my upper body i don't need my legs right and it's not that i you know we're talking about holistic care i don't i don't just ignore them completely i might do compressions or whatever but right but maybe they don't feel comfortable having their legs touched, or maybe they're ticklish, or maybe they just want that time on their back. Right. I'm not going to say to them, well, you booked a Swedish massage. So, so this is what you're getting. <laughs> yeah. Too bad. You better just be right. quiet and get on the table. Well, and I think, like you said, some people don't understand the difference, and they hear deep tissue, and they think pain. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that's why they booked the Swedish instead, because mm-hmm. they really need maybe some more firm pressure, but... They don't want to be totally in pain, right. and you don't. You never know. Like if you're gonna get that muscle man guy, right? Who, who has thinks, something to prove? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, <laughs> I'm laughing because I used to do. I used to do that where um, I would be doing a treatment with somebody, and I would say, "Would you like more pressure, or would you like more or less pressure?" If they said, um, "My my scripting has changed, so now I always say more or less pressure," but right. At the time, I probably said something silly like, is the pressure good or whatever. And if they said, uh, no, you can use more pressure, I would take that as like, oh, you want more pressure? Challenge accepted. (laughs) Exactly. And I would give them as much pressure as I could possibly give so that they couldn't think, they wouldn't go away thinking, oh, she was weak. She couldn't give me the pressure that I wanted. Right. Now in hindsight, I'm thinking, (laughs) oh, I've done, I've been there. It almost makes me mad when they say you can do more pressure. I'm like, really? Yes. (laughs) But I mean, now I'm really trying to be accommodating and flexible and I'll just increase it a little bit. Right. And then I'll check in again after a few minutes. (laughs) Well, and also, you know, I think another thing that makes it therapeutic is And what's so great about massage is that 
the massage therapist does have the ability to change that pressure. It's not a constant. Mm-hmm. It's not a machine that you sit in, you know, or, or put, and it's just one, one speed, one pressure mm-hmm. does it all. For me specifically, personally, I can't stand a lot of pressure on my mm-hmm. deltoid mm-hmm. areas. Mm-hmm. If somebody uses a lot of pressure there, I am crying. But when it comes to my neck and shoulders, you could probably go in with a chisel and I would be okay. And as an aside, that's kind of universal, honestly. Not just right. I mean, there's certain toy, areas yeah, like that back, are more sensitive. People can usually take way more pressure in their back right. and neck than they can in their legs or whatever. So right. that needs to be trained into people. Right. But and yeah. so I think some people, when they're booked as a massage therapist, if they're booked a deep tissue massage, they think they've just got to dig in on the whole body. And not only is it uncomfortable, but it's also maybe not the best thing for that person. Mm-hmm. And have. what are they going to go away with thinking, oh, I don't like massage. Right. That's when oh, they book the Swedish. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But when I ask them, I always ask them at the beginning, you know, do you think you'll like a lighter or deeper pressure? And I never used to do that. I used to always say, um, I'm going to work to the depth that I think is therapeutic. And mm-hmm. you tell me if it, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that statement too. No. But in a spot. Right. Know. And I, what I usually tell people is, you know, I, I tell them as we go through the massage, if I need to adjust my pressure, let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> if you find that you're holding your breath, clenching your teeth or mm. tightening any muscles, let me know. Yeah. Because that means I'm working too deep. Yeah, so, and we need to be aware of that as a massage therapist. They might be twitching their fingers or their toes right. or whatever or holding their breath. And, you know, those things are all really important to pay attention to. But. Yeah. It, it's a lot. I mean, it's it's kind of like driving a car. Right. You know, you have, you really, to keep that massage on that therapeutic level, you have to be very attentive. Not only what you're feeling, what you're seeing, what you're hearing. If you hear that intake of breath, if you see those fingers tightening or that leg kind of stiffening up, you know, like, you know, you have to be aware of all of that. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, you know, I've had massages where someone does, where someone does hit a spot and then I flinch and then they're like, oops, sorry. And then they never touch it again. And right. that's also not so <laughs> no. good. And so what, what I do when that happens, you know, if my client tens, tenses up or flinches, I back out a little bit, kind of make nice with it and then go back. Yeah. And say, how is this now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you want, you know that that's a spot. Now you've activated, and I take that as the responsibility of the therapist now. Right. If you have activated something, it's your job to address it. Because I've had so many massages. (laughs) We're getting into our bad massage practice. Mm -hmm. But where someone will will just like run over something, I flinch, and then they just leave it alone. They never touch it again. And you're like, now it hurts. Right. It didn't hurt before, but now it hurts. And yes. so it really takes that really being thinking, a thinking practitioner, it really thinks, takes being aware to, you know, okay, so I really don't have time to do another deep, like, trigger point here. So I need to moderate my pressure on the left side if I've already spent, you know, half an hour on the right side or whatever, if that was their focus area. Right. I need to moderate my pressure, my techniques on the other side so that I don't activate something. Right. Rather than, you know, suddenly activating it and then not taking responsibility. Yes. (laughs) And that's one of the great things about massage that I think makes it better than any therapeutic medicine, uh, any therapy treatment. It's the one therapy that can be modified constantly. Mm. You know, drugs, once they get in your system, they do their thing. Mm -hmm. You know, a chemotherapy treatment 
it's injected and it's in there and it's just doing what it's going to do no matter what but as massage therapists we have that luxury of being able to modify our treatment constantly Mm -hmm. using those visual cues and and communicating with the client that i think is so important and we like you said you have to take responsibility for that and um and follow through yeah yeah absolutely and and sometimes you just don't have time and so i always if I know, okay, I, you know, I, I know that there's something on that left side that I just didn't have time to get to. And instead of, I mean, not nothing to be said for salesmanship. Of course, if you want to try and get them to rebook, that's fine. But I also say, you know, so you really need to put some heat on that shoulder. Right. Um, or I'll give them some stretches mm-hmm. or something that they can do at home so that they're not just left hanging with this new thing that they've because that's that was one of my complaints before I became a massage therapist is like why do I always feel worse after a massage right exactly (laughs) and and so I mean using that heat using our other tools giving them giving them home care and those kind of things is really important I think too you know going back to being able to modify the treatment um you know for me personally if I'm working on the back and like you said you you activate something and you want to follow through and, and kind of take care of that and you get to the other side and you realize okay this side is has some spots too and in your mind you just need to sort of revamp the rest of your service you know mm-hmm. kind of reevaluate how much time you have left and is there something you can kind of take out of it and so mm-hmm. a lot of times if I end up spending too much time on the back because I need to take care of some issues especially if they addressed in their consultation that they've really been having some back pain and issues Um, I may, when I turn them over, I may only either just go over the legs over the blanket, just some compression Mm -hmm. and not even work the front of the legs. And then I let them know afterwards, Hey, I spent a lot of time on your back because you had some areas. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you want more full body, we can book more time next time, or we can continue to concentrate on that. Yeah, absolutely. And you can, you know, you can either check in with them during the session and say, you know, we need to modify the treatment plan a little bit. Right. Or if they did express, because sometimes I've had people who do express desire just to have everything touched, you know? Right. And, you know, I can do the legs. I can do a supine leg. I can do the full leg supine. Sorry. Let me say that again. I know what you mean. Yeah. I can do the full leg supine in like a minute or two. Yes. It's really not a lot of time. Right. That's what, yeah, most of your time is spent draping and undraping. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so there, and you know, you can, like you said, check in with your client and say, Hey, I'm spending a lot of time here on the back. Um, would you like me to continue this? And maybe we just won't get to the legs today. Mm-hmm. It's definitely okay to talk to your client and they may say, well, I'd really like my legs touched. Okay. So spend a few more minutes, wrap it up. And like you said, it only takes you know, maybe three minutes to get both legs done. Yeah. So. Yeah. You can really, you know, you can really do something. And I always say to the, my students, you know, when you're in a rush, fewer, slow down. Yeah. Fewer <laughs> strokes, not mm-hmm. faster strokes. So if I can do, you know, three strokes at a really nice pace versus like rushing. So the client senses that's rush. I mean, what is the right. point of that? Right. So, you know, just being aware, even with that quick, quick movement and time management is so important. Um, but not just not it's really just awareness you're not getting lost you know that you find another it band that you want to work for another 20 minutes right (laughs) part of that boundary is you know that you're you're keeping within your time well like you said you know if you if you activate one area you got to be careful (laughs) when you get to the rest of the body right you don't have the time uh, because you have to respect your client's time and your own time yeah yeah 
Well, that sounds like a good place to wrap this one up. Thank you so much, Mitzi. It was fun. Thank you. I enjoyed it.